welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host, and it is my great pleasure and honor to be the host of this podcast going on four and a half years now, over 250 episodes, something like that. And with this podcast, we are bringing uh, business information to the tile industry, strengthening the t- entire tile industry, one contractor at a time. The only, uh, the only way, the only sustainable way to strengthen an industry such as this is to start with the weakest link and the people who are literally holding this industry up on their backs and knees and their talent and their hard work and dedication to installing functional art in people's homes and bringing joy to people's homes. I hope you're having a great week uh, and I hope you're, I I know for a fact you're going to enjoy and benefit from listening to this episode. It's a slightly different approach. I had a reoccurring uh, guest, Jana, uh, with me today to talk about mindfulness habits. We talked about meditation. Um, she's a yoga teacher. She's also been a contractor for over 20 years. So she's uh, not only doing all the things, she's also doing things similar to you. So there's a lot um, of cohesion here and a lot of uh, synergy that will assist you. And if you're not quite familiar with these topics, I urge you to really give it an hour and see how being mindful and maybe um, starting to practice some of these daily techniques and embody them into your life and integrate them into your life, I, I mean, will assist you to be a profitable, um, conscious contractor and assist you to get through difficult situations, maybe disruptions in your day. We have so many disruptions as small business owners. I know you have times when it's very frustrating working with a designer or a contractor and Jana helps us to, uh, she gave us a lot of useful tools and a lot of knowledge how to kind of diffuse uh, situations that could go bad. And so I know there's a lot of powerful stuff in here that I, I'm, I'm confident you will enjoy. And I'd love to hear from you on how you enjoyed this episode. Reach out to me. Hey, listen, this podcast tile money is sponsored by happytileguy.com. That's the place where you can get your tile contractor websites. It is a done for you service, white glove service. And, uh, it is the place to uh, go if you want to increase your internet leads and increase your um, marketing online. Go to happytileguy.com to learn how we can help you get more leads today. All right, Tile friends, enjoy this episode with Jana. So thank you again, Jana, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on. We had you on for the first time a couple years ago, and I, I know last year we did something as well. This year, I'm really excited to continue the conversation as well as promote some of the things you're doing at Coverings 23 coming up here in just a few short months. So first of all, welcome and how have you been? Thank you, Luke. It's so great to see you. Um, I've been well. I've been stressed just like everyone else in the world. Um, And I'm so grateful that you're, you know, as I said before, you always take an interest in, I think, a very genuine interest in wellness and and mindfulness. And, um, I think that it's got a, it's finally kind of coming to be part of the norm, even in the construction industry and the tile industry, which is amazing. So, um, thank you for including that in, in so much of the wisdom you offer for our industry. Well, you're, you're very welcome. It's, it's my pleasure to do this work. In fact, I'm you know, kind of doubling down in this arena and starting a second podcast just dedicated to more um, 
Uh, well, it's called the Conscious Contractor, and that'll be launching here uh, this spring or early summer. And it's it's dedicated to promote ideas and um, uh, philosophies like we're going to talk about today. And maybe maybe just for anybody who hasn't heard the the prior episodes, give us a background on who you are because you're also uh, run a small tile contractor business uh, with your husband and have been in the industry a, a good long time. So it's it's always great. I, I just love meeting people inside this industry who have so much more to offer. You know, of course, we love talking about tile business, but I always love to highlight people like you who have more to offer than just, you know, the tile business knowledge. Well, thank you. And by the way, I saw about the conscious contractor. It popped up on my Facebook feed this morning when I was drinking my espresso. It just popped up there. Nice. So we can talk about that. We can certainly tie it in today. Um, and yeah, so I am a tile contractor. I've been doing this for uh, almost 24 years now. We started in 99. So, um, and that is our We've been really fortunate. We've worked hard. And I think there are also a lot of components that I realized that weave into mindfulness that helped us a lot actually having awareness that that are part of mindfulness that are very or can be very helpful to entrepreneurs because I think, you know, um, as you know, I'm also in my training, my background, but there's there's a lot of crossovers. I think entrepreneurs are artists. I think certainly tile installers are artists. We know that. Um, yeah. So that, you know, I'm still, after I leave here, I'm going in the office right now. I have my office manager is not in there. And so that's my day. I'm going to meet with the clients later, do some tile selections, um, send some estimates. So, you know, it all ties in. And I use the mindfulness when you said, um, you were running a little late today. And I said, you know, let's take a moment to arrive because we've all had to walk into that room late to settle. That's one thing that happens when we run late. And um, when I teach, I that's something we do throughout the, the practice is just sometimes we take a moment to arrive in the space. Sometimes when you get to a job site or sometimes when you're blindsided by something, you have to actually take a moment to arrive into the emotion or the experience. And when we take that moment to arrive, better equipped to handle when we're blindsided, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, that are not just meditation practices in mindfulness that I think can be useful tools to uh, our industry and to tile contractors. I guess we're kind of gearing this toward tile contractors today. I feel your pain, all of you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so true, you know, and, and that's really why, you know, I, I, I love having these conversations, love having you on is to see how we can integrate, you know, mindfulness practices, um, you know, you're, you're, you're into yoga, right? You're a yoga instructor, um, all these different healthy, uh, uh, practices and really, um, what they are is habits and becoming a part of our life, but how we can integrate all these different things into being a business owner. And I just love this topic. So, um, you know, to, dive in. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't even know okay. where to start today. I just, I, I feel like I want to just talk about, you know, like, like we, we spoke on, you know, running late, 
or maybe distractions or maybe everything is going good and then all of a sudden something goes terribly wrong. You know, let's start talking about how we can approach these um, disruptions in daily life of running a business in a mindful way. And can you give us um, any tips to, to doing that? Absolutely. And and I also want to address something because you said, oh, you're healthy, you're a yoga teacher. So let me share with you because one thing I, I always like to do is, um, you know, be real. So yeah, I do a lot of things that are healthy and I do a lot of things that would be considered very unhealthy. Um, and you and I talked briefly before we started about, you know, we get into these habits and then they kind of wane and we don't stick with them. And so I, I am a, um, I guess I'm a certified yoga teacher. I really do not teach asana, which is the physical practice movement. Um, and I teach more of the meditation part. Mm. And yoga is not for everyone. So sure. sometimes there's almost this idea that this woo-woo idea of yoga, um, you don't have to do yoga and you don't have to be healthy to practice healthy, healthy habits. At any time we can start introducing more healthy habits. I mean, if you want to hear all the things I do that healthy, ask my family. <laughs> um, but I hope you can see me. I'm losing you a little bit, but um, anyway, so let's talk about the difficulties and the distractions and what happens when, you know, we're not, um, we're not engaging in the habits that we want to be engaging in. Uh, this happens a lot. We're in January. So the new year we have either intentions or resolutions, we resolve to do certain things and then we don't stick to them. Mm -hmm. And I can bring yeah. the neuroscience into that, right? Like that's the human brain. It's like we are um, wired a certain way. We're all wired a certain way, but then individually we're wired a little differently. And what happens is what we practice grows stronger. So, you know, getting, starting a habit, um, it usually takes, take some kind of emotional draw to make us want to make changes, right? So initially there's often a lot of, of desire for something. There's, there's a strong emotion attached to it. Either um, we really want something or we really don't want something or we're heartbroken over something or we're, we're passionate about something. And then that can kind of um, get a little weaker over time and we're not as motivated. So in terms of motivation, and I'm going to refer to it as grit, sticking it out, right? Um, there are certain factors that determine whether we're going to stay in the game or not. And that's where I want to tie it into, you know, even starting a business, even with, you know, you took, you're now taking on something new. And sometimes, um, I mean, there are a lot of reasons that we don't stick to things, right? It gets hard and yeah. we stop. It's hard. Yeah. We don't like to do stuff that's not easy. The brain, you know, um, the brain likes to save energy. So it likes to do things that are easy, that come naturally, that are already reflexes, what we call reflexive activities. And so how do we deal with things that are difficult? Um, so one of the ways we can confront them. And, and this is again, like breaking habits. It's not habitual to want to keep, keep doing something that's difficult, um, is through our thoughts, you know, the way we approach things. And a lot of times people think that, uh, or believe 
that there's some kind of way of thinking or positive self-talk or whatnot that is supposed to help promote motivation or help us to stay aligned with our goal and then continue the actions that are necessary to fulfill our goals. But there are a lot of subconscious thoughts that occur that we don't realize are going on because we're not aware of them. So when we talk about mindfulness, I'm going to say it's kind of got four qualities. When I teach an intro class, I talk about these four qualities. So being present with compassion, which can include self-compassion, without judgment, and with curiosity. And so a lot of times we do things and we maybe lose the curiosity or we're already, and curiosity and judgment are kind of two ends of, you know, two different sides of the scale. So when you notice that you're judging a lot, even judging yourself, that's often a reason we stop doing something. I suck at this. Oh, it's not worth it. I'm not even meant to be doing this. I'm not good at this. This self-judgment. So what, it's hard to suppress judgment. The way the brain works is that we can't suppress thoughts, but we can replace them. So when you feel yourself judging yourself, perhaps first noticing you're judging others, mm. the way to counteract that is to bring in curiosity. Like, what am I not seeing? Or what would happen if I tried this? So even when we're blindsided, let's just give an example. I'm trying to think of all the recent um I'll call them setbacks. You know, we've had a lot of stressful stuff go on on job sites. We're mostly high-end residential and there are a lot of um, egos at play and uh, people get upset easily. So how do we approach that? Um, and we have reflexes, we have habits that have already formed. So someone gets mad at us, maybe we'll get mad at them or we'll get, for me, I get fearful. Oh my God, how am I going to get myself out of this? What am I going to do? That's my instinct. Um, you know, fear is a reflex of mine. We have the fight or flight. I'm like all flight. Right. <laughs> I got to learn to stay in the fight. Yeah. Retrain the brain. So how I try to bring in curiosity. Okay. How can I approach this? Or even what am I telling myself? Um, and sometimes when we bring awareness to, you know, I, I notice a client's getting angry or is not satisfied or something went wrong. There's judgment thrown around everywhere. I'm judging my installer. My installer's judging the client. The client's judging our, our abilities. And there's so much judgment. When there is judgment, when it increases curiosity, and the more judgy we get, the more judgmental, the less ability we have to be creative because, you know, creativity requires curiosity. What what, how can I look at this with fresh eyes? What haven't I seen? What haven't I tried? Um, so there are different approaches to when we're blocked or when we're, I'm going to say, perhaps blocked is not the, the best word, but when we see ourselves repeating patterns that don't work or that work, but are not beneficial, there's a lot of suffering involved with those patterns, right? Like, I can figure out what to do to fix this situation. Okay. We might have to rip out the tile or we might just have to appease the designer and explain to her why Schluter is a great product for an edging, but she doesn't like it. Maybe even invite her in a subtle way to um, bring some curiosity into the situation. Mm. So I'm kind of going off topic, but if there's something specific you want, I want to say 
approaching things with curiosity is one really um, helpful way to break patterns, patterns yeah. that aren't working. And, and sometimes we have to bring awareness to the fact that this isn't working. This is not working for me. This is causing suffering. You know, when, when, when I talk about suffering, you know, there are ways to do things that don't cause suffering and still get the same job done. Minimize the suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like this train of thought because, um, and, and first of all, thank you for being real and honest and, and admitting that, Hey, we all, uh, do unhealthy things, eat unhealthy things, say unhealthy things from time to time. That's who, that's who feel we are unhealthy as things. feel unhealthy <laughs> things. Um, and, and I, I love everything you said, um, let's let's hone in on this curiosity and maybe give um let's let's work through this example you brought up of uh maybe a designer who who doesn't like uh any anything really the the edging on the tile or something um so maybe as the contractor if, if you want to role play the designer or we could do it um either way um, but maybe so yeah, i can be the designer okay um okay. So, so you know i don't like I don't like Schluter. It needs to be removed. Um, I, and I didn't specify any trim or any edging on this shower. Mm. So you automatically put in Schluter and I know you wrote it in your estimate because you're so thorough, <laughs> but I didn't read it. Um, <laughs> and now it's installed and I know that the Schluter wraps behind the back of the tile. So you're going to have to rip out all of the tiles with Schluter touching it and find something that matches mm. or that something that I think matches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can appreciate your, your feelings, Jana, and, uh, I'm, I'm definitely willing to look at some options here with you today. You know, um, one of the difficult things with this particular tile choice is they do not provide any sort of edging. They do not provide a, a, a bull nose, a quarter round. They do not provide anything to ease the edge and make it a soft transition. So uh, I'm curious, do you have any ideas uh, on what, how we would proceed? All right, let's pause yeah, there. So how, I how think to, we switched roles because I think you should be teaching mindfulness and, and <laughs> <laughs> this gentle way of delivering, um, you know, things that not everyone wants to hear. Yeah. So, well, thanks for um, explaining. Now I understand why you chose the Schluter. Thanks for, um, because they obviously don't make edge trim in a lot of tiles. And I think sometimes, you know, while we're discussing this, we can maybe step out of our roles for a second, sure. because yeah. what you're talking about is there were expectations, right? And you're mm -hmm. doing this every day of your life. So, you know, this is a really common issue that, yeah. that, um, you know, uh, Zalige tile does not come with that handcrafted edge does not come with a matching bull nose and, I'm giving a really specific example right now. So the idea is to also bring in curiosity without blame, right? Because we tend, when we judge, we tend to blame. Um, and I'm trying to bring this in, you know, and try to break it down into just thoughts and emotions, right? So when we can um, also with emotions, one thing I always like to point out is that it is human nature. Our neurobiology is wired in a way where we instinctively want to match our internal and external environment, right? So I am pissed off and I'm fired up. I'm in, we'll call it fight or flight or stress mode. 
I want you to be as pissed off at me. I don't want you sitting there all calm and happy. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do everything, not consciously, but rather subconsciously, right? To get you to match me, to get your emotional okay. level of what we call autonomic arousal, that your, your state of agitation to be the same as mine. And you know what, Luke, when I'm calm and peaceful and you're all pissed off, I want you to feel the bliss and the joy that I feel. I'm going to kind of try to bring you down here too. So sometimes just knowing that someone is just being human, right? They're pissed off and you can almost, you know, not draw yourself into it, but you can see what's happening. Like there's this process in mindfulness called naming, just naming what's happening. I'm like, oh, matching. I call, I say in my head, matching. They're just trying to match their environment. They're trying to suck me in. When I have the awareness of that very human, that very human instinct or reflex to match the environment, I can see what they're doing. I can feel some compassion for this other person. Mm -hmm. Obviously not always because I, I can get drawn in, right? We innately get drawn in. We affect each other. We're all interconnected. Um, but one thing is if we can try to keep our emotional level to a state that is manageable, even when someone else's state is less manageable, we have more of an ability, just like you did, just like you were saying to me as the designer, you know, here are your options. You were calm. You were, you were offering options. Um, when I'm judgmental, my mind closes. So I, I'm not curious. No, I already, I want it to match. I don't care that they don't make it. I want one that matches. You make it, <laughs> right? So yeah. we limit our options. And then, of course, we can, you know, I mean, I want to say tile contractors are the most creative people. They can come up with so many solutions. Anyone drawn to this field and to the creative side of it and installation and working with their hands tends to have this innate curiosity. Again, looking at things with fresh eyes, trying to see what you're not already seeing. Uh, we, we call it thinking outside the box. But sometimes it's thinking beyond our reflexes, our patterns trying something new. So um, that's just one way to do it. So again, naming what's happening. Am I judging? Am I getting angry? Emotions, you can name the emotion. Oh, agitated, furious, scared. Um, you know, you can just say it in your head, name it. And then once you bring the awareness and language to it, right, just giving it a name is, is helpful. And then you can separate from it. So you're not caught up in the story or in the belief. And yeah. you can step back, create that space, and manage it better. Even if those around you are not managing it as well. You know, we model for each other. Um, so even by modeling maybe... Um, I'm just going to say more productive behavior for someone in front of you that is just so triggered can be helpful because subconsciously they, they're, um, they're, they're witnessing the modeling and instinctively we, we model what we see. Yeah. Yeah. Let me we model let me, what's modeled for us. It's so true. And, and, and we can get triggered, right? Triggers, uh, kind of a catch, catchy word right now. Um, but I, I want to pause here because this is this is a very real life scenario with the with the edging, the Schluter edging or whatever it is. And 
I, I just, I, it would, I would kick myself if I, if I didn't mention this because you brought up an interesting point when we were role playing there. You said, I know it was in the contract, uh, but I didn't read it, right? And so now as a contractor who had that contract, a few things are going on, okay? Uh, I'm, in a real life scenario, you might be a little bit more agitated than we were in that role playing, as you mentioned. And then, like you said, I'm going to become more agitated internally. But if I can learn to control my um, agitation and be as calm as I was, even though it might be a, a, a difficult situation and we don't want to rip up that tile, right? But a few things did catch my ear that I could use to negotiate leaving it in. Um, and and the primarily the one was that it was in my contract that we were going to use Schluter Edging. So now one of my options to you as the designer would be, you know, we could... Um, we could take this off and, and miter these edges or, or do something, right? Whatever I came up with. But this will cost somebody more money because as you mentioned, the, the contract stated that we were gonna use this. So, and that, remembering the money, and, and it's funny, you know, and I hate, it's, it's not like we have to tie everything into the money, but this is a, po a podcast on business. So remembering that we will get paid for our labor is going to help the contractor, me, keep my agitation down and remember that, you know what, if they want to pay me to rip out this whole shower, I'll do that. I, I, you know, got my start as a contractor in Monterey, California, and a lot of Monterey, Pebble Beach, Carmel Highlands clients, they would literally remodel a whole house. And I'm sad to say a, a lot of them, some of them, not all of them, but some of them have so much money that they would say the color's wrong. This tile's wrong. We know we chose it. Do it again. And the money wasn't an object. It was just, it wasn't to their taste. And oftentimes it, it is what it is. And the contractors there, we all adopted a T&M. I, I mean, generations before my time adopted this t time and materials uh, way of doing business because of this very same problem. So I want you contractors listening to this to remember, put it in your contract. And that way, if something goes wrong, you're going to get paid and that'll help to keep your, uh, keep your agitation down and help you to negotiate these difficult situations. Um, and then of course, you know, even if there wasn't any money involved, who wants to stand there arguing like a jackass with the designer, with the contractor, whoever, because I've been in situations where the contractor will literally, the, um, the contractor or the designer, the uh, project manager, the person who's really in charge will lose their you know, you know what, in front of the clients, in front of the other contractors, the subs, and it just makes everything so crazy. You know, that crazy energy you get when something goes wrong. And maybe it's a client who loses their, their uh, patience and loses their um, temper on the job. And the worst thing, you know, one of the best things that I've, you know, one of the great things you've said here this morning is not to you know, not to reflect back that energy that is being put out, you know, step away. I mean, I would say physically, you can physically walk to your car. You can say, I'm going to go get lunch and then come back when you're calmer and you can uh, put out your good energy, your calm, peaceful energy to change their energy. Is that, I mean, that's kind of what I heard you say here in the last few minutes. Yeah. And I, I never want to make any of that sound easy. It's not, no, that's not how yeah. we're wired. Right. Sure, sure. So it's interesting what you said. Um, just one word came to mind as you were talking about all of that. And 
you know, Luke, I know you practice this as well. And I know, you know, not always perfectly, not always consistently, but I know the reason we're talking about this today on your podcast is because it's something you believe in because you, you know, it's effective. You've, you've experienced that. So when you're talking about, you know, what's, there's a problem. Cause I always like to talk about when stuff goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we need to learn from when things don't go our way, which is every day, something right. doesn't go right. 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 You had talked about, okay, you know, how to protect yourself from, um, in your contract, which we all try to do. And I mean, as business people, I think it's obviously excellent, excellent advice. And I'm not going to say, but, cause I don't want to negate that, but, and we can also come to terms with acceptance. At what point do we concede? At what point do we accept what initially seemed unacceptable? Because acceptance being the opposite of resistance is something that our culture teaches us is bad, right? Don't don't settle. Don't accept that, right? That is unacceptable. I mean, we hear ourselves saying that all the time. But I'm going to share a little formula with you, a little mindfulness formula. So if we look at the human experience of suffering, and this comes from Buddhist wisdom, um, suffering, there's a formula, S equals PR. Suffering equals pain multiplied by resistance to what is. So let me give you an example. So that means pain exists. There are going to be difficult situations throughout our lives, throughout our days. But that is amplified by how resistant we are to what's actually happening. Now, the outcome and what is happening are two different things, right? So we might be able to accept what's happening, but not certain outcomes. But I want you to take in, just think for a moment about, and I'm talking to all the contractors out there, you know, something goes wrong and you're, you're trying to avoid okay, let's just use money. We're on tile money. Let's let's use money because it's quantifiable, right? So something goes wrong and you're avoiding losing a big amount of money, right? So let's say, okay, I might lose a thousand, 10,000. Let's, let's pick a number. I'm going to lose a thousand bucks from this, right? And then you realize all the other terrible things that could happen where you get sued or someone hurts themselves because of negligence on one of your installer's parts or whatnot. And all of a sudden, losing $1,000 is so much more acceptable. So sometimes we also need to reach a level of acceptance where there's not all the emotional suffering. There's not all the fighting. We don't create bad blood between our client. And I'm not saying just, you know, wimp out. That is not what I'm saying. But I also want you to consider what could be acceptable here. And that also brings curiosity, right? I could accept this, maybe not this. I could accept, okay, I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to not rip out, you know, all of that, all of the tile that, oh, and they painted the walls already, right? So now I'm gonna have to pay right. for the painter to come back. Oh, and they, I mean, there, there are so many other scenarios that we need to think about. But um, in terms of acceptance, maybe we need to also be a, leave a little wiggle room with that. Because acceptance, again, in our culture is considered, um, you know, wimping out, conceding. But if you're okay with it, 
the sooner you take care of this problem and maybe lose, I'm going to use the arbitrary thousand dollar number, maybe you can start another job or, or again, we know time is money. Um, you can still salvage that rapport with your builder, with that designer, or with that client. So just, and, and when I talk about acceptance, when I said that S equals PR, suffering equals pain times resistance, um, that goes for every every aspect of our lives and our relationships. Like sometimes we just want to be right so badly that we forego being happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we are right, but we're so we're so um, our beliefs are stro- so strong that you know my being right and you being right are mutually exclusive. We can't both be right or both have valid beliefs. And again, with the designer and the, and I, I'm speaking kind of vaguely, I think it's better to stick with very specific situations, but there are ways in which we can confront um, difficult situations with ease. So although it's not an easy situation, we can confront it with some ease and with some skill. Um, and I can, I can try to give you examples. I mean, I can give, um, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like this. Um, I, I like this train of thought here, especially this resistance train of thought and how to overcome this resistance, because I, I think that's such a, a great analogy there uh, or formula really for suffering, you know, pain times resistance. Um, I, as a man, as a as an entrepreneur, I have a lot of ideas for, for businesses and oftentimes I will get going on something, even if it's a project for tile money. And then it turns out it wasn't such a great idea that I had. Now I resist closing it down or backing away. Um, and, 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 in months and years bygone, I would often resist for a very uncomfortable amount of time. And so, one thing I've, I've realized lately is to stop doing that. And you've given me, I, I was doing it without really putting words to it. And you've given me a lot to think about this morning because now I realize if I can learn to just stop doing the thing, even though, and I'm, I'm going to say it's my ego and, and maybe you'll have a different perspective to share. But when we, when we come up with an idea that we love and even even though it's not working out and maybe it's costing us money every single month, whatever the case might be. And we continue to pursue it. Um, and, and other people just think, Oh, you missed the mark on that one. Maybe our spouse or somebody we trust, you know, could balance us out. But because of our, our ego, my ego, I I say, no, I got to do it. I got to do it. And I keep going deeper and deeper and getting more and more uncomfortable until boom. And, and this literally happened and we can use it as a real life experience. Um, you know, not the details, but, you know, what you're saying is there's an easier way that we can spot maybe this, this resistance. And maybe there's a, a, that resistance is a clue that, that the thing we're pursuing is not quite in alignment with what we want to be. Is that, is that kind of, am I hearing you correctly? Beautifully put. Yes. So I I also want to say, and I, I love that you said that with such candor, you know, you're, you're a man and you're an entrepreneur and entrepreneur and I think we also have to put everything in context for a second. So let's think about, we don't exist 
alone. We exist within our cultures and we are very conditioned by our cultures. We have this, this cultural conditioning. So our culture might be, you know, you're in Florida, I'm in Maryland. There, there, there's different cultures there, but even in your family culture in, in the tile culture, the construction culture, the male culture, the female culture, the gender fluid culture, whatever it is, we are conditioned in a certain way. And so I want to be clear that our culture, um, you know, frowns upon failure, I mean, or, or certainly did. And so one of the things when I teach, um, I do a resume of failures in the class, we all write about our failures. And it's this beautiful, very connecting, sometimes hilarious activity, where we have to go back and think of all the stuff we failed at. And when everyone shares it with each other, you know, there's so much, first of all, compassion for one another. And then we laugh. I mean, I, I, um, often many of us have failed. I, I think it was, was it Michael Jordan? I forgot who got, you know, kicked off or didn't make varsity. Mm. Um, there's so, I mean, we, we succeed only because of failures. I think Einstein said, if you want to increase your success rate, increase your failure rate. And, by normalizing being open about failures, I'm going to use failures in a very general sense. So, you know, where you, you are clinging, we clinging is, is what it's also a Buddhist term, but, um, we cling to ideas. We cling to belief systems. We cling to people. We, we cling to habits when we are resistant to letting go. Mm. Often there's a reason. So, you're going to have to say, I failed. That's kind of the way you see it. Failure is bad. Um, if I let go, when you're clinging to something that's not working, you're going to make yourself continue to suffer more. And just saying, okay, so that didn't work out. I mean, if we normalize failures, you know, I'm I'm on the Consumer Education Committee and we're talking about failures, literal, you know, shower failures, things sure. like that. And one of the things we discussed is e even from the you know, five-star contractors that um, are are pretty seasoned and have had a lot of experience. All of us have failed. We've had failures. We've had bad installations. We've we've done things we didn't know were wrong, and so we started talking about that. And by sharing them, we normalize the fact that oh, I didn't always do this right. Um, you know, I'm a mindfulness teacher who curses and my kids can tell you all the stuff that I do that's that's um, maybe not valued or, or labeled um, healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think when we it, one way to achieve acceptance is to notice, like if we if we start naming, OK, resistance or clinging, what are we clinging to and why? What's the why? Sometimes, you know, if you're because you the way you worded it, it sounded like you were um, you wanted to let go of something that wasn't serving you. I think we always have to look at why. I mean, sometimes I'll want to stop doing something because it's hard, yet the end goal is so so wonderful and beautiful and can bring sure. so much joy. It's worth it. Um, but other times, if it's causing suffering, emotional suffering to me or someone I love or, or someone that is undeserving, maybe it's not worth it. And so we have to decide when do we let go? When do we accept? When do we, um, you know, resistance is not a bad word. We talk about resistance training and fitness, right? Like, again, our culture um, influences us tremendously. So 
when I say when I teach mindfulness and I go into a new business, I've been working a lot with the police force and first responders, crisis intervention teams. The goal is to change the culture because then we can change the conditioning. We start modeling new things. So, I mean, you having this, this um, platform, you know, you can also affect the culture, share our failures, make it normal, explain, you know, from your own experiences, why are you resistant to trying something new or to letting go? I mean, if you label it quitting in, in our culture, that's bad. If you label it, um, you know, um, self-care, that's different. Yeah. I Boundaries. Like yeah, very balanced view. Thank you. And even as I was talking before, you you know, t talking about letting go or, you know, things that I've failed at, I was thinking in my mind as I was speaking, I was like, yeah, but sometimes you do need to push through. So I like I like how you balance that and said, you know, there are some things that are hard in life. I mean, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner is hard, but the reward is there. You know, um, there are other things that are ridiculously difficult and painful to ourselves and others that we do have to let go of. Um, and there are things that happen to us um, that we need to let go of as well. And there's, uh, there's a great book. Uh, I wish I had it in front of me, but I, it's called letting go, I believe is the name of it. And I mean, there's a lot of books on letting go. And I love your practice of getting a group together and journaling about failures and, and looking at it like that. It reminded me of something I heard and something I practice from time to time is when I, when I start getting, um, down or, you know, negative talk, uh, depression, I think of some really bad things. You know, I think of some really bad things that just bring tears to my eyes. Um, and, and then it helps me balance things out because then I say, well, that my life right now is not that bad, you know, and, and it kind of puts perspective on the current situation. Um, and I, I've heard several people talk about this, but I've also, and I, I love the quote, um, you know, if you want to succeed, just fail more you know, something of that nature. And that is so true. You know, that is so true. I, I think we should all learn to adopt this viewpoint of, you know, accepting that there are things that will happen in our life that we just have to let go of. And because of the failures, because of this practice, and I would encourage, and I'm, I'm going to personally do this on my own. Thank you, Jonna, for bringing it up. I'm going to make a list of all my failures and I'm going to uh, well, you tell me what, what does your class do after they get this list of all their failures and how can contractors, uh, do this in, in their daily practice. And then I would like to get into maybe a, a few minutes of daily practice routines for people. And then of course I want to get into coverings before we go. Perfect. So, um, well, one thing is model for each other that it's okay to talk about failures because, and I think it's harder with men. I think women are used to being vulnerable. We're wired a little more and, and maybe in our culture, it's okay. And so I, I know men get such a bad rap so often, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how hard that is because I, I'm, I think it's easier for women to be vulnerable and say, I messed up and, and we're compassionate with each other. So the expectation is often that, um, you know, we'll nurture each other through whatever's hard. Whereas with men, it's kind of like, leave that stuff, um, 
we it's it's can be harder to share. I shouldn't make Just an gr assumption. Grin, grin so what I would say is that when we do the activity, one of the things is my my friend Elia, who's a public speaking coach, she's amazing, and she said. I, I forgot, she may have been quoting someone else, but she said, you know, we connect with each other's messes, not with each other's accomplishments. I mean, if I walk into a room and I, you know, someone's speaking there and all I hear are their accolades, I'm going to feel like I have nothing in common. I'm, I'm actually going to feel like kind of disconnected from this person. But when we share our failures, and I, I think when we share failures, we model for each other that we can share failures. And then it becomes a topic that we can share with one another. So, and then I usually do that actually as an icebreaker activity. So when I teach intro classes, I usually say, hey, let's check a few things at the door before we start here. So we go through life with our, our labels, you know, a smart kid, um, whatever it may be, dumb kid. Mm. I'm using awful sure. words, but, um, and then we, we have these accolades where, when we meet, meet new people, it's almost like we bring this resume in our head with us of who we are. And sure. so I always say, leave your, your, your labels, your incomes and your outcomes at the door. And let's just focus on the things that connect all humans. Because when I teach mindfulness, it's really just about being good at being human, it, you know, thoughts and feelings, mm. thinking and feeling good. So if we talk about failures hasn't experienced failures and some people you know it's so painful or or maybe there was so much conditioning in their upbringing to fail that they don't even think about them they they don't even want to acknowledge them because there's so much shame in failure whereas you know if you look at the research of of happiness and um it's not about not having bad experiences. It's about finding resilience, bouncing back from setbacks. And, you know, think of the people we admire, the celebrities we admire, usually the ones that have gone through the most hardship that we know have gone through the most hardship because we connect with them. We sure. see ourselves in them. We don't, you know, you don't know all my failures. I don't know all yours, but um, I can tell you there are many, many things I, I, have failed at, and I really hope I continue to fail at a lot of things. Uh, often I, I don't try new things because I hate not being good at something and I miss out on so much. So one of the things I said for this year, um, I'm, I'm going to really try to do things I suck at. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. I appreciate you, you saying that it reminds me of something I heard this morning. Um, of there's a tennis player you know are you a tennis fan hopefully you can help me help me with this name his name is andre and all tennis players Agassi? yeah Agassi? Agassi. i think I that's his last name it's so, greek so i probably mispronounced it but i think that's it and and he is um known to be one of the the world's greatest tennis players um but he had a, a very public failure as public figures do um where i i, I guess he got wrapped up in uh uh methamphetamines or some other some other drug um, a while back you know I, I don't know timelines but what he did with that is he you know got the help he needed first of all and then he came back and and continued to win at tennis but what he did besides the tennis was turn his life mission into assisting and I think it was um, troubled youth or something like this so he was using his his name and his experience and being very vulnerable with his um, addiction, 
you know, and recovery process to raise money for troubled youth or something like this. And it, it remind you reminded me of this story that I, I just heard this morning uh, because it's, it's so true right away. You know, if somebody just said, you know, be like Andre Agassi, he is the best tennis player. I mean, that means nothing to me. You know, I don't even play tennis. Um, and, and furthermore, we put him on a pedestal. Right. And then it's like, well, I'll never be like Andre. But that, if that's you, it. I'll never be like him. How can I connect to him? But if you tell me, be like Andre, be vulnerable and share your failures so that you can uh, help help your people, really. I mean, whoever you choose to help or, or you can you know, help any like like on this podcast. And thank you earlier, a few minutes back, you said we can use this podcast to change the culture and change the um, the way things are and to help people expand their consciousness and their minds. And that's that's really part of the intention here going forward. And um, but thank you for bringing these these thoughts to life and, and shedding some light. Um, I, I know we've given my audience a lot to think about what uh where where would somebody start if they said well i don't have time or energy or desire to join um a mindfulness practice in person or on zoom what would you suggest that they could just maybe take into their life every morning uh and then or or at some point throughout the day just one simple thing that you would encourage my audience to do yeah so um i think the best thing to do is always start with things that are feasible for you. So, and we didn't even talk about meditation, but I do want to, that is part of it, a wonderful part of it. Sure. And I know um, I'll, we'll talk about coverings afterwards, but so just a few really simple things that can be um, very effective. And I'm going to kind of, everything's neurobiology based. So this is, there's science behind this. I'm not just yeah. woo woo, but also sure. science. So first of all, um, one thing is if we just talk about, say you wanted to start meditation and the reason we meditate is because what we practice grows stronger. So what we do during a meditation starts to happen reflexively or habitually throughout the day. Start with a one minute, one minute meditation. Um, I would use, um, I do insight timer. That's my favorite one. There's headspace, there's calm, all free versions should come on your phone, on any smartphone. Um, so a guided meditation, I started with one minute per day. And I always tell people that because we can all spare one minute, yeah. maybe three minutes, but start with one minute. It's easier. Um, consistency is key. A few other things, just from a neurobiological perspective, from how our brain works, try to get early morning sunlight, um, mm. whether through a window or outside. Obviously, the, the cloudier it is, then the, you, you maybe want to spend a little more time, but like a few minutes, um, 10 minutes would be amazing. And I know that's a lot of time, but drink your coffee looking through the window. Get if also time in nature. And I know, again, believe me, I'm so understaffed right now that I don't have that time, but I started, I realized I'm not the same. So look at a horizon. So when we see a horizon, um, it makes our problems smaller. I mean, it makes us feel smaller, but we also feel connected. And there are reasons behind that to, to word about lateral eye movement and things like that. But basically, don't hyper fixate on one small thing. If you can see a bigger view, like a horizon, look outside, try to see the biggest view you can. That is calming. Mm -hmm. Also late afternoon. So seeing the, the sun um, when it's low on the horizon, 
and seeing it again when it's low on the horizon on the way down sets our circadian rhythm, our in internal clock. So, um, and that sets all of our biological systems, not just our sleep and wake cycles, but organ regeneration, all these natural processes that happen. So I'm going to say, try to get that early morning sunlight. And my son, I mean, my kids, you know, they've been home for big Christmas break and my son, I, I'm going to label him nocturnal. I mean, he's got the wackiest clock and I, I watch it affects his mental health. And I said to him, you've got to just try to some extent to rise with the sun and, you know, try to sleep during dark hours. We're meant to do that. There's a whole movement toward getting rid of daylight saving time because it's so unnatural for the body. Yeah. Um, so morning sun. Um, and if, if you're into ice baths, I mean, I do try to take a cold shower for the dopamine release. Um, dopamine we'll talk about on another podcast and neurochemicals, but taking a cold shower, sorry, my light just fell, um, is, is, can be very beneficial, especially in the morning. Um, I, so what I'll do is I'll turn mine on freezing mm. and then I just do it for like two minutes. Um, yeah. it's, and I walk into it with acceptance, knowing it's going to be hard breath work. That's something we could also go into another time, but yeah. so, so get that morning light and, you know, and also practicing self-compassion. Um, when you are angry at someone or angry at yourself, you've got to be aware of that anger first, naming what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, one word names, and then having compassion for yourself. You can put your hand on your chest close your eyes and say, it's okay, sweetheart, or it's okay, dude. It's okay, buddy. It's okay, Luke. It's okay, Jana. Whatever you want to say to yourself and just knowing that you can nurture yourself. Um, if you did something awful to someone or someone wronged you in both circumstances, having compassion for self is very powerful. And I know it's not something that is taught, modeled, or valued in our culture, but we can change that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very powerful stuff, Jonna. Thank you for sharing. And I, I'm living proof. Uh, when we met a couple years ago, I was going through something very, very difficult. My my whole world was turned uh, upside down, you know, and um, I was getting into breath work and I was doing group work, breath work, meditation practices, and it helped me through a, a very difficult uh, life. You know, the, the most, the hardest thing that I'm still recovering from, you know, happened a couple years ago. And then, you know, even like six months ago, I, I had another, I had um, what I'll call a breakdown, you know, a mental breakdown point in my life. And it dawned on me, I've gotten away from my, my positive daily routines of everything you just mentioned. Um, I'm, I'm so now I'm waking up before the sun comes up and typically I'm outside right as it's rising. Um, right around that time and kind of soaking up that sun for five minutes. I'm, I live in Florida, but the, it's been like 55, 60 degrees. So I'm jumping in the pool in the morning for four minutes and doing breath work when I'm in that pool. And the pool is around 60 degrees right now. Probably by the time April comes around, I'll have to go back to the shower or make myself an ice bath somehow. And <laughs> I, you know, I, I've done these things throughout my life um, sent for the last decade or so, but not consistently. So now I'm making a pact with myself. I have to do this every, every single morning. And, and you know what, if I'm on a, I'm with a group of peers that are doing this cold plunge. So I'm on day 24 of, of the month and I've done it every morning, but 
one thing I did hear, and I want to I want to tell everybody: no matter what you're you're doing in life, whether you're trying to quit smoking or trying to uh, make a new routine, a new habit, um, if you miss one day or you have one cigarette, you know, I, I'm going to use cigarettes because this is the illustration. I was I was in the sauna at my gym, and a man and I were talking and about habits and things, and he said, you know, when I was younger, I used to smoke, and I would get myself off of cigarettes and then I would go out to the pub or the bar and have a cigarette. And then I would tell myself, well, I've had one, I might as well go buy the pack. And so he said, I, I, somebody told me just cause you have one cigarette doesn't mean you have to buy the whole pack, man. And you don't have to go down that road again. And it's the same thing with good routines. Just cause you miss one day doesn't mean you should give up on it. And it's, it's the end of January here, the last week of January. And I feel like that is what happens is a lot of us will be giving up right around now on those routines, yeah. those, you know, packs we made ourselves with uh, December 31st, January 1st. And so I want to encourage everybody, don't give up. Maybe you slipped a, a day or a week or whatever. Just start over again, whether that be quitting something or starting a new habit. Um, and, and I hope that helps somebody that's listening to this that, that needs to hear that. Um, so, so lay it on us. What, what are you doing during coverings? I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I read I something on that. it, but, but share it from, um, you know, just however you want to tell us and I, I'll be there. My wife and I are going to come join you. One oh, of the days good. Sure. Oh, I look yeah, forward to yeah. meeting her too. Absolutely. Well, so first of all, thank you for what you said. A lapse is not a relapse. It doesn't have to be. And so right when we hit that point where we, um, are hating ourselves is, exact. And this is a point where we beat ourselves up. I mean, mm. this is where you can break the habit. Imagine instead of beating yourself up after you screw up, have a failure of some sort, bring in the compassion. So we're going to actually self-compassion is going to be one of the topics because it is so powerful and it's actually super powerful in the business world. Um, so I'm going to have, what we're doing is a wellness lounge. And so I'm going to be offering a few 40-minute classes. Um, I think we're going to have about six. We might repeat some of them in the lounge, trying to do morning and afternoon or morning and evening. And we might do some, um, it's not all decided yet, but yeah, so we're, we're going to have this wellness lounge. And the topics are going to be um, mostly, I'm going to say they can certainly be for mindfulness practitioners who are, you know, but they're also basic level, intro level, but all very human stuff. So intro to mindfulness, fitness for the mind, breath work classes, um, because uh, breath is the quickest way to reset the nervous system. Meditation is more of a daily practice, but with breath work, we can do it real time. Um, intuitive eating and body compassion. So this is a very non-diet culture approach to connecting with your body, having compassion for your body, finding joy and pleasure in eating. Um, there'll be chocolate involved. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then we'll do some talk about failure as fuel and grit because, you know, we talked about, um, I, and I want to be really clear, there is something very different between no longer clinging and resisting and still having grit, perseverance, endurance. Those are not mutually exclusive what we need in between is this self-compassion. So that's part of it. And then even just talking about pain, grief, acceptance, and 
we'll do some meditations for, I, I say meditations for non-meditators, for the agitated, high energy people. Yes, meditation is for you. Yeah. I promise. It's, it's quite the thing you're, you're proposing to do here. And I, I congratulate you and, and wish you much success with this because as you said, um, high agitation, I, I can only think of my past experiences at trade shows. I mean, you have, I don't know, 10,000 people potentially in, in coverings, um, something like that. And there's a lot of energy, a lot to see and a lot to do. And I, I think this is a great thing. Now, will this be throughout the week because it's a i think it's a yes. four-day convention so, exactly. so every single day you'll have, you'll have one or two offerings exactly i think we'll probably have two offerings um a day and it'll nice. be throughout the week and we'll post everything and what we'll probably also do is through ntca prior we will offer some i'll give some tastes and examples of what we'll be doing i'll give some live um live sessions um sure. nice. you know we can do some virtual sessions prior to that. And so people will get a taste of it. And I think it'll be fun and, and also a nice way to meet people. You know, a yeah. lot of times we're just a bunch of strangers wa walking in this huge um, conference center. And then with these experiences, you realize how interconnected we really all are. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think this is a great way to, um, you know, reduce some stress at these things, sit down, you know, breathe, uh, talk things through and connect with like-minded peers. Um, I, I'm definitely going to be at, at least one of these um, offerings that, that you're having. And when you, when you know the dates and the times, make sure to tell me, I'll promote it on through my channels, um, my social media and things of this nature. And even the, the, the zoom, you know, the zoom promotions with the NTCA, I'd love to help you promote those. Um, I really do see this as a movement that is growing, you know, um, the, the, the best thing that that's came out of the last couple stressful years has been, I think people are realizing the need to, um, control their mind and environment a little bit more to a deeper level and to, you know, get into some really healthy practices. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on and sharing this and this won't be the last conversation. I'd love to, uh, give you a pre-invite to my new, uh, podcast, the conscious contractor. Uh, where this is definitely going to be right in line alignment with that podcast for sure. These type of topics. I can't wait. It's always such a pleasure, Luke. So much fun. Thank you so much for having me and for all your your support. You're welcome. And for those of you listening to this that want to get in touch with Jana, uh, wh where do you hang out? I know you're in Facebook, but what, what would be the easiest? Instagram oh, too. And so JanaValafuoco.com, which is the hardest thing in the world to spell. But um, I also with our Valafuoco contractors, I'm, I'll be posting more. Um, and Facebook, Instagram, I have a YouTube channel. Actually, I have some videos and I'll be adding more um, especially intro to mindfulness videos. And, and in the tile letter, um, I think there's probably some information. There was a recent article about the wellness lounge and hopefully some of my contact infos in there too. Excellent. And we'll make sure to put your personal website in the show links and your Facebook, um, link as well as Instagram there for the audience to get a hold of you. So once again, thank you, Jonna. I hope you have a beautiful day and a, a great week. Thank you, Luke. You too. All right, Tile friends. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
It's always a pleasure to have Jonna in this uh, in the studio, the virtual studio here, and talk about and share these practices and these habits, these topics with you. I hope it expanded your mind and gave you something to think on, and I hope you really embrace some of these things into your life if you're not already. Uh, and it's it's the little things that make the big difference. Even just adopting a one-minute meditation and five minutes uh, soaking up the sun every morning will change your life. I guarantee it. And you'll want to continue. And uh, I, I challenge you, I dare you to do a, a, um, a month-long ice bath challenge or a cold shower plunge like I've been doing here in the month of January. So that's it, Tile friends. Remember, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with your friends. Uh, assist each other to grow profitable, sustainable tile businesses. That is the best way to grow is all together because a rising tide raises all ships. All right, over and out. We'll talk to you tomorrow.